Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of Noodling with Josh. I just got done counting out my fiance's period calendar in order to plan some trips in November and December. And well, now that I'm refreshed and optimistic, I thought it would be a good time to record the intro to episode 35. The one where we talk to our guests about many things, but possibly most interestingly, their path deprogramming from the Morgan from the Mormon faith. From the Morgan Freeman faith. It's a new one. It's really niche. There's two people. She's one of them. It was hard. Just kidding. The Mormon faith. Uh, to be honest, in my experience, the Mormon faith is very good at creating a walled garden. Uh, specifically in Jackson County, Missouri, I hear. But truthfully, I've seen these walls being built right in front of me. When I moved to Las Vegas and I was looking for a house, I kept seeing MVO on listings, but I couldn't figure out what it meant. So I just ignored it and went to meet with the landlord. And the second question they asked after my net worth salary and the amount that I donated to charity was <laughs> right up on the spot. Uh, what was your religion? What is your religion? And I was like, Oh, weird. Uh, well, weird question, but we just met. And the landlord was a little taken aback by that and informed me that, well, the house was in fact only to be rented out to MVO or somebody with Mormon values only. And it, as I laughed, realizing it wasn't a joke, I said, well, would it help that I'm agnostic? It just means that you're not wrong, but you're definitely not right. Uh, and he just dead-eyed me in the face and said, maybe you better leave. And I was like, okay, it's not a nice house anyways. And, and, and well, I, I left. And it surprised me. Because purely my only other experiences with Mormons had been with a coworker who was, in fact, the very nicest person I had ever met in Las Vegas at the time. So it felt jarring, but more about that later. When I first met Emily, in fact, it was the exact same feeling of, oh, wow, this person is incredibly nice. Uh, we were we met auditioning for a game show. We hit it off and became that sort of mid-level social stalker friends. You know the type where you sort of follow somebody you meet once for a really long time, watching their life happen to them, occasionally liking and having chats in their comments of the content that they post. But I'll be honest, I picked them purely randomly because we were chatting and was delightfully surprised that they said yes, how much we had in common, how easy it was to talk to them, and listening to Emily's story. Uh, I could say that I have successfully deprogrammed myself from a toxic religion based on structure, money, power, and then the teachings of a nice guy who told some good parable, but it's nothing like deprogramming from what truly feels like a cultish MLM with better manners, uh, especially when you combat a structure that treats women like second-class citizens at the same time. Emily is a non-binary badass mother-daddy, but you'll just need to listen to the interview to figure out what that means. And as always, if you want to be interviewed by a guy who loves learning on the fly, asking dumb questions, all while he's trying to pottle off, polish off a bottle of Casamigos tequila, thank you, George, then this is the show for you. Hit me up on Instagram and eat more tiny trees. And let's hit the theme. Moved out of Michigan. Got a job in the city of sin. White collar boy with the beard of joy. Hits record and lets you in. Gotta take a drink if you get interrupted. Don't forget that onion dip. Retreat the show so his feet can stay off the ground. Sit back and relax. Take the conversation to the max. Josh is new then. 
noodle and with Josh. Dean's French onion dip. Dean's French onion dip. Dean's French onion dip. Dean's French onion dip. Can I hear that real quick? I, I got to tell you, Emily, this has come full circle. I have to tell you what I just did. Two weeks ago now, I got an ad from my fiance. She sent it to me and she's just like, hey, you should just fill this out. It's for a reality TV show. And it was about being a pop culture guru so i was like oh whatever i'll fill this out it's, it was like what do you think about pop culture like what do you get and, and like of course like my whole job in life has been a part of it you'd be such a good plant on like one of those shows oh my so, god <laughs> i met with the uh, casting director because he liked my submission and we were talking about it and he goes yeah downplay like being in pop culture and more being like someone who works with it so, because like you're, you know, if you're going to be on the show, you're going to be next to like a teacher from well, Iowa. Yeah, what you do is cooler. Yeah. <laughs> so they're like, you have to downplay it and upplay it. So, <laughs> so I met with the casting director. He thought it was cool. I had to do like a 15 minute quiz where they went through 50 questions of like random pop culture. And then I met with the producer of the show and I said, I had to send in headshots. And they said, like, four to five weeks, they'll let me know. So, knock on wood, but full circle, where did we meet? trying out for a tv show i would try out for and someone said hey you should do this for me uh which by the way very valid knowing you now and having since then um would be incredible on television thank you i appreciate that i actually have been thinking a lot about that lately how i love like people like whitney cummings and yeah. like um chelsea handler uh -huh. um i even used to idolize paris hilton before I grew up, but, for, you know, like, for reasons I, I can understand that nine woman that <laughs> was you know that took up space and yeah was misunderstood. Uh, you know you can admit that she was misunderstood at yeah. the same time. You don't have to agree with everything that she stands for, but yeah. So I love this idea of like your personality having so much merit yeah <laughs> that, that it's just like you radiate off of it, and you need to be in yeah, front of millions of people. Yeah, and that's my two cents. <laughs> my mom used to say, well, my mom still says that I can walk in a room and command attention. And my mom doesn't compliment me. My mom says, when I turned five, I walked into her room on a church day and I looked in the mirror and said, look, mom, don't I look so cute? My mom swears to God that she stopped complimenting me that day. So I would not become <laughs> conceited. So, so with that in mind, with that in mind, everything else. <laughs> yes. One that I can command a room and two that the, my eyes sparkle. So <laughs> that's, that, a, that's it. Hold those dear to my heart. As long as you can read a teleprompter and stare down the lens I of a camera. A that's it. You're, you're four I for four. I did the morning news in high school. <laughs> I'm really good at reading a teleprompter. I actually ran a teleprompter at Vegas PBS. What would be, okay, so, you know, if you go to a Wikipedia page and the very first article is the summary of all, like, the top highlights and the fun, what's the top of your Wikipedia page say? Top of my Wikipedia Five sentences says, who you were. It says, don't read the rest of this page. <laughs> yeah. You will not believe how depressed and anxious Emily is, and then she will feel even more isolated. <laughs> oh, come on, no, it's supposed to be facts. It's supposed to be facts, not warning <laughs> okay, signs. No, okay, okay, okay. Those I are know, between okay. the facts okay. that you pick out yourself. Um, the facts <laughs> that I would tweet out about myself, 
I, okay. I cry for any emotion, which makes me the perfect person to like introduce the new things. Cause I'm yeah. like overwhelmed and excited yeah. and I love it no matter what it is. Um, I am also very calm and don't want to go out and try it though. <laughs> um, I've been a clog dancer since I was seven years old and That's I incredible. Thank you. And, um, Okay, you know what? Sorry, I rambled a little bit, and now I got it. Okay. No, 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 it's okay. I, I, I mean, it's a very not many people ask you what the top line in your Wikipedia page is every day. Well, so I appreciate you putting this much time. thought into it. Okay, well, all right, let's go. <laughs> so, okay, a little, a little different kind of blurb. Yeah. I had a friend tell me once. He was like, you know, Emily, sometimes you like tell me something about myself, and you just like get straight to the core and he's like I feel bad that I can't do that for you and I was like the reason that I do that is because I read in books how people described other people in books like that's not real life like I adopted that because yeah. I'm neurodivergent and was trying to be like everyone else but it made me even more different from everyone else and now you've picked all of those specific incredible ways to identify what makes all of us human and exactly. people aren't expecting it that's and then incredible. I grew up and everyone was like, the rules are wrong. You made them up. <laughs> <laughs> no, what's even crazier is that we get to a point where we realize either there are no rules or now I know all of the rules. How do I fit within them? It's yeah, like you, you yeah. have that choice, right? Mm -hmm. You're just like, do I just break it or do I figure out, oh, I know exactly how to manipulate it now. Exactly. And I'm a rule-based learner. Yeah. So it's it's almost easy to get. It's It's like being in a high demand religion. Yep. You have all these rules to follow. And yep. since you're only, that's like, do these things every day. That's easy. I can, I can do that. I can do yeah. these every day. But There's then, something nice about the routine of it. Exactly. Right? And, and, and you either get sucked into that routine or you like break. And for me, it was college. I went back to school. I'm, oh, I love being a student. Like I'm yeah. a mom, but I would label myself student first. That's like oh, when no, I had to light bulb moment forever earlier. student yeah yes yeah exactly and i we talked about the growth mindset mm -hmm. i learned that from my son's school so so give me like a one-liner growth mindset because you said it perfectly i think i actually like yes butted my own comments yeah. in the pre-show and you're like uh, uh growth mindset and i was like no no tell yeah, me yeah that so is tell what me. happened that is what happened it's tell me about it, it i'm not time. good at math yet yet okay i'm not gonna yet. Math yet yeah because you may not, you may not be naturally good at math, but that doesn't mean you're not capable of learning math. Yeah. I, I'll tell you, that's where I messed myself up. That's where I messed my own self up in probably high school specifically, where I just said, I'm yeah. bad at math and I never fixed it. Cortex yet. No, <laughs> fuck a joke. There's so many things that we shouldn't be able to do as humans until we're fully developed. <laughs> yeah, but it's not like the government place to put that into law, right? It's so, yeah. it's so hard. It's such a, yes, it's a morally ambiguous ethical dilemma that I can't solve. Yeah. I have to tell myself all the time. <laughs> but I can have fun reveling that everyone else is having this exact same experience, that is whether they so know it or not. Healthy. Yeah, yeah, it it's sad that it's kind of sad in a way that it's helpful to know other people are going through the same horrible yeah. things. You, but it is also hopeful to know there could be a solution, or even if there isn't a solution, there is adaptations. Yeah, like I follow um 
her name is Imani. And okay. um, I think her name is Imani Blair. Her her Instagram handle is Crutches and Spice. Crutches she, and Spice. Crutches Blair, and Spice. Oh, Crutches and Spice. Yeah. And like recently she posted something that said, I've never overcome my disability. And she was talking about how disabled people don't need to be told like, oh, overcome your disability. You can do it. We need to adjust the world for disabled people to be able to live in it comfortably. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's, oh, I, so one, we'll have to have a show where you and my friend Derek also come on. Derek, one of the hot dads. We'll come back to hot daddies later. (laughs) But he he works at the, uh, he works at Zeppos and he leads the adaptive um, team. So it's, it's everything for like to say, because it, it, it's that much easier just to make it for everybody. Right. Then then try to reverse adapt the other way. Oh man. Yeah. A lot of people are like, what am I supposed to do? police everything i say and it's like it's not that hard yeah yeah that'd be great sure do i need to look up every halloween costume i'm gonna wear yeah probably i mean it's not bad to google like let's be informed humans i don't know like what what do you what do you want like yes yes you should don't teach me anything (laughs) there's this moment of like i feel like sometimes it's trauma-based sometimes it's just like straight i'm done learning like they get out of college and they're like, uh, "That's it. This is as be- this is as good as I'll ever get." With the prefrontal prefrontal cortex and going to college, getting your degree before your prefrontal cortex comes in, and then you grow <laughs> up and you're like, "I became a pro back then," and it's like, "Yeah, oh, but it's no longer relevant now." <laughs> yeah, it's like, and you did learn all those things that you needed to learn, but it's important. You, yeah, a lot of people forget like you need to read the manual, you need to learn the manual, and then you need to use the things in the manual to help you grow. Yeah. And like, yeah, it's Are you gonna that trust... obviously an oversimplification. Of no, 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 totally. But you take your car to a mechanic. Do you trust the guy who's read the instruction manual or the guy who's fixed cars for 10 years? Exactly. The guy who's fixed cars for 10 years. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you need to weigh the both. And, and, and you can have one without the other, but both of them combined. And just the ability to harden yourself and your own experience or excuse me beliefs through experience is what's oh my gosh yeah better. that's like we were talking a little bit before about me just deconstructing from religion yeah um recently so i'm part of the ex-mormon subreddit and um recently someone posed they are having what some people call a faith crisis what mm. some people call a faith they didn't want to call it a crisis because they didn't think it sure. was a crisis but i crisis- think the is such a strong word too so i understand that and there are so many words that like crisis suffering manipulation that like aren't inherently bad but they mean such poor things now without level setting that like hey this is just the word that means that yeah and the people who were saying that were saying being in the church is what felt like crisis for them not leaving it they don't want to call exactly i don't remember the alternative word but there is one but so there was a question posed about kind of like what what was like the information that like it's, what was your light bulb moment is that yeah, what they're asking in, yeah in the mormon world we call it what was the thing that like broke your shelf because there's a lot of weight on your shelf but it takes that thing to break it um yeah, and i've answered yeah. that question a lot of times what what i told this particular person was the reason i know that leaving the church was the right choice for me is because i can mm-hmm. learn easier yeah i'm less angry I can learn things without taking it personally. Yeah. Like it's not about me. That's like, it's such a harsh thing to tell people. Not everything's about you. Like, yeah. but if, if you can learn how to say it to someone in a way that like 
rounds out what it actually means. Yeah. Not everything's about you. And that's such a relief. Like there's that's so funny that you say that it's such a relief because you're absolutely right. Realizing that you're not the center, it should not make you upset. It should take a weight off your shoulder. Yeah. It, it should exactly. give you the ability to be like, oh, there's somebody else that feels like this. Mm-hmm. Where? Like, let's find yeah. them. In- so there's a, I, I brought this, it's funny, I brought this up on another show, but there's a word that I love. It's called sonder, S-O-N-D-E-R. And the definition is the vivid realization that everyone outside of you is having a life as complex and meaningful as yeah. your own. And that's something that not a whole lot of people like really embody or think of, or at least bring up. It's one of those like words that you never hear. And I think that's one thing that we need to do. Right? (laughs) Every time, no, every time I'm in a restaurant or every time, I think it gets triggered for me when I notice that I'm in the background of a photo the most Mm -hmm. often when I, cause I'm in, I'm in Los Angeles and I'm always in the background of a selfie or a photo and it always gets triggered that oh, somebody's going to see me in this background, this photo that I've never met, will know or see in my entire life. Okay. Or the person who took that photo is then going to have this in their pocket, like a little piece of me in their pocket for forever. And it's going to go. So it's, that's what triggers it for me. But then I realized oh, yeah. like, oh, whoa. It's like dizzying. And then you have to come back to like, all it means is that we're all here together. <laughs> <It's> yeah. <cool. laughs> um, for me... It is also connected to church, to leaving mm-hmm. religion, because, well, especially with Mormons. Now, I so there's like a whole history of the prophet denying, of one of the prophets denying on TV that this was ever taught, but this was 100% sure. taught. It was taught yeah. to me that we could eventually, well, my husband could eventually someday have his own spirit earth. That yeah. makes you very self-centered. And like yeah. men being told that they have discernment, men being told that they have some special superhero power. That's why a lot of men leave churches and then become like incels and stuff because yeah. they still want that power. I'm not, obviously not everyone does that, but like no, no, a, lot no, no, women, but... a lot of women become pagan. A lot of men become pagan too. But like a lot of, a lot of us women realize that even though our family is now kind of othered from us. Yeah this history of oppressed women who were called witches even though they weren't like yeah. oh boy right? like if us calling ourselves witches doesn't some a lot of times it is people who use witch powers and they do subscribe to that belief but a lot of us that subscribe to the belief that we are descended from witches we're we're ascribing to the belief that we ascended from this group of oppressed people yeah who were called something gaslighted, you know, and, and obviously there's other intersections where, you know, I'm obviously not as oppressed as other groups of people, but as a woman that witch, witch, witchcraft lineage really spoke to me. I yeah. took a, I took a study of witchcraft class for a history credit <laughs> and I learned so much in that class. I was like, Oh my God. Cause I'm adopted. We yeah. just kind of talked about this. And mm-hmm. I took that class before I met my birth family so that like that was the first time I felt any semblance of like connection to yeah. lineage. So I yeah. feel like I'm sounding silly because I didn't really think those thoughts through before I said them. But I do hope that what I'm trying to say is getting across. No, 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 a hundred percent. Because here, let me let me sum it up how I've heard it, and then you make sure we're on the right page. But so I, I love the image that you have of, say, of breaking the shelf because there's always that watershed moment. I've watched my parents go through it. I've watched my mom leave the Catholic Church for another option because there's always that breaking the shelf moment. Yeah. And for for you, I think what helped add to your shelf was and. and 
correct me if I'm wrong, you said that you were learning about the witches before or after, but either way, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, perfect. Then that's exactly what yeah. I think that like learning that just <laughs> the women who spoke up and were smart were just immediately yeah. cast down as like, yeah. and it's so funny that you say that, that uh, an entire religion. I realize that, I was experiencing it. Sorry for interrupting. No, you. no, no, no. Exactly. Well, it's when you have a whole religion that's building up the men, and uh, then you have a woman that's gonna at any point come against that. It makes sense that they're gonna like no, like <laughs> down, yeah. like you're challenging my power, and we're saying and this and such. Weird was I was loud because I was I was like Molly Mormon. I was policing people. Yeah. And um. And then and you, like, as soon as you said this out loud, you're just like, wait a minute, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> well, and I don't. And see, that's I was really hard on myself for a long time because I did not experience that like I actually wrote a joke the other day um where um because people used to call me homo yeah and um and I said well now I'd say well at least I'm a homo sapien you homo erectus <laughs> and then the joke continues <laughs> on to say well everyone would still call me a know-it-all <laughs> but at least you wouldn't be calling me homo anymore but it'd be and correct then, and then, so the, I haven't completely fleshed out the joke, but the joke goes on to say, and you know what? I don't even blame him for calling me a know-it-all because I was a Christian know-it-all. So I was very wrong. I was incredibly wrong. I was incredibly right in my own head. And yeah. but wrong. So it's so funny you say that. I Have you done any stand-up lately? No, I haven't. I have no and I write down all the funny things me and my best friend Todd say. <laughs> and I'm I right there with you. Jokes. Yeah, okay, I see you. Oh, is, yeah. that a sticker, is that a sticker mule sticker? I, I Oh, of course. <laughs> I have so many, so many custom random stickers I've made over the years that I have so many of those little sticker mule, like free stickers they give you. Someone's yeah. like, did you make this character? I was like, no, I just have a lot of that <laughs> Someone mule. Someone said you have so many. They <laughs> yeah, I was like, no, I just have a lot of mule stickers. <laughs> so I, uh, I write all of my jokes in on like note cards or at least like my premises and I then like i like that. work on these because then i can just if i get stuck i'll randomly flip through it and i'll just get to the next one so i can work it's on something funny you brought out your note cards because i separately have note cards with premises oh yeah have you ever do you ever go to dan Harmon's instagram he's one of the few people that i like I think I followed and unfollowed him ten times because sometimes I love his stuff. Sometimes I'm like, he's yeah. on a he is on a bender right now. Oh, is he right now? I haven't been seeing. No, 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 no. I, not right now. Oh, I, okay. I love following him. He is oh, okay, one of okay, my okay. favorite people to watch. Yeah. Okay. So yes, good. <laughs> it's actually. I said that out loud and I was like, I'm glad I'm talking to Josh because anyone else would have been like, what the fuck are you talking so about? <laughs> there, there was just, uh, like, there was like a whole month where I believe Dan Harmon, who, for those who don't know, the creator of Rick and Morty, uh, big part in community, community. Oh uh, so much stuff that you love. Stuff. I only introduced you guys to Rick and Morty because I loved community. PSA for all my friends. <laughs> Watch community. It's like well, Rick won't. and Morty distilled into betterness. Oh Anyways. my gosh. So okay, Dan at one point though, for like a month, he was staying in a friend's house and just woodworking every day. See, and I was like, like damn. I love, <laughs> I love this. I've but... been so hard lately. Because he's like on the <laughs> elliptical, like, yeah. I was a piece of shit. And now I'm becoming not a piece of shit. But unfortunately, that means in the meantime, I'm just aware that I'm a piece of shit. And I'm like, yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Isn't that the worst? <laughs> <laughs> but, so sorry, we 
the reason I brought that up is because um I saw that the way they do their B stories is by like picking a random one out of one box and a random one out of another box and like putting it together, like something like that. Like they had something. Do you want to? Um, okay. Do you want me to randomly flip through and pull one out, I, and we can work I, on a premise you together? One and I'm gonna pull one. Yeah. Okay. All right. Because is 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 that how you? Is that where you're going with that? That we need to pull these, or is that just your preferred way of working on jokes? I was just it's okay, so that's how I work on concepts, not jokes. Okay, but, all right. Yeah, pull one and I'll pull one and we'll see. All right, well here. T uh, tell me when to stop. Okay, stop. Let's see what this says. So uh, sometimes I uh, be warned, they're horrible. Oh mine are a lot of them are copies and a lot of them okay, now you tell me when to stop. Um, okay, uh, stop. Okay. All right. The <laughs> I usually give myself one or two buffer and be like, is that okay? Is this a better one? No. So, uh, uh, this joke is talking about how I'm proof that public school works in moderation. I went to a Catholic elementary school, a Jesuit high school, and then a public college. So by the time I got there, I was at least smart enough to know if I was being stupid or not. And uh, it's a very helpful thing that the, you know, if the nuns don't beat it in you, the Jesuits will. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, that's... So mine says, but does it work on your dog? No. It would not work on my dog. <laughs> I love that that's just, and then, okay. I, <laughs> tie that together. All right, here, let me, let that me flip through another I one. I wasn't, I, okay, I have to warn you, there might be a couple different concepts about things that work on your dog in here. I really <laughs> don't this one says, this one says, I had no idea you could use neon, neosporin on your dog. That's a selling point. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 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 hey big knee of sport and i got a tweet for you you know you could use this on your dog i don't ask me how i know but uh <laughs> it says commercial it says cheesy commercial style like a guy at a barbecue yeah. guy at a business kids playing and so they're all using something different and then they turn to the tv and go but can you use it on your dog like that <laughs> i would not shut up about that concept for like a full month <laughs> i feel like this is only like requesting more uh animal testing <laughs> okay but did you know that okay. animal testing is them intravenously pumping the animals with the chemicals not even like in the ratios it's used in the oh i don't like that yeah, what the fuck? Oh, and there are even better and cheaper ways of doing it. They just don't want to switch over all their machinery. Of course not. Yeah. that costs money, time, and work. Oh, boy. Don't try and keep anything too light with me for too long. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to end up Dean's French onion dipping you. Just be like, oh, shoot. Uh, yeah, you next? were like, is there anything off limits? And I'm like, I'm deconstructing from religion. No. Uh, hey, if it helps, I did that in high school. Uh, I. Oh, lucky you! You're one of the men I'm jealous of. <laughs> when so I went to a Jesuit high school, University of Detroit Jesuit. I loved it because the Jesuits are kind of like the, the some in some situations they're like the most liberal of the Catholic faith in okay. the sense that they're they're like. Um, this is the first joke I ever heard my freshman year going into high school. They're just like, 
a Franciscan nun, uh, a brother, and a Jesuit all reach the pearly gates at the same time. The nun talks to St. Peter, and St. Peter says, yeah, hey, come on in. Thanks for your service. Good job. Uh, she walks on in. The brother walks in, and St. Peter's like, oh, good job, and thanks for your service. Head on in. The Jesuit walks up, and St. Michael's like, oh, holy shit. Uh, roll out the red carpet. Let's get a party going. Like, welcome. Thank you for your service. And the, both the nun and the brother are just like, well, what the hell? Like, we didn't get that. We just got a pat on the back and let in. St. Michael's, yeah, this is our first Jesuit. So, like, that's how they introduce themselves to us, as, like, we're, like, militant teachers of Christ and reasonable science. <laughs> So, like, if you ever see, like, uh, someone at the Vatican who, like, works on science or politics, it's usually a Jesuit. Anyway, so that's how that, that was my leading into In Mormonism, if they're working in science, they're usually on their way out. (laughs) Because they discover it or because that's just the path that that takes you? Well, I put that concisely to make the joke work really fast, but to to give you some, like, background, like, when, so... To go back to the shelf breaking, the yeah. moment my shelf broke, I was waiting in the car for my partner. He went into the store. Then I think it was, I think it was male. So it was even shorter than like if it was the store. So like the yeah. five minutes he walked out and came back. I saw, I like to look at information put onto graphs. And you know, there are posts that are just information put onto graphs. Not even, yeah. not even a theme of graphs, just graphs. <laughs> and there was one that was the color of skin in relation to the equator and the closer you get to the equator the darker skin is and i thought to myself jesus fucking christ brigham young's a racist there's no (laughs) way that god put us in a pattern on the earth to confuse us so bad yeah and then tell us that blackness is a curse in our religion really Everyone cursed was born on the fucking equator. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, like, right. They just happened to be in the center spot where the sun was. Yeah. And and okay, we're still in this, we're still in this five-minute block. Okay. The next thought in my mind was, oh my God, me realizing the Mormon church isn't true because I realized Brigham Young is a racist means I was worshiping men this whole time, not Jesus or God. damn that is insane okay i that's very very similar to when my shelf broke because i was in high school i went to a retreat where it was basically question everything for a week and then we'll come back and talk about it so i did and my issue was pretty similar with the catholic faith um oh the idea behind jesus being a nice guy and spreading the news is awesome but why does that mean that there's a country and gold and crusades and war like i was like what the all the stuff that's man-made human-made like i have a question about where you went away to was it were you separated by gender so i well university of detroit it was a it was a men's high school okay. so, so that's was, why yeah. they didn't get you that's why they weren't able to keep you in that indoctrination because mormon kids we get sent we're separated enough from the boys that there yeah. isn't going to be any canoodling but we're together and i mean that is obviously heteronormative but the church is heteronormative so that's kind of yeah. like why i'm speaking on this so like but yeah the excitement of going away and getting to see all these new boys for a week definitely dulls like what you were noticing yeah does that make sense oh 100 especially yeah, like, when oh, let me just 
hand under the table, even though we're at EFY being fucking reindoctrinated. <laughs> I want to know a little bit more about this because this is a question I've always wanted to ask. And so I have I have some friends from women in there. They're very nice individuals, and like religion never comes up. You know what I mean? So it's like I don't bring it up ever, and yeah, exactly. they're they're just humans, and you know, that's like why that's like that's like that's a feature, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, but one thing I've always wanted to just straight up ask is, especially after watching South Park and, you know, Book of Mormon and all that stuff, it's just like, dum, wait, wait, dum, dum, dum. tell me more about this planet shit. Because, like, how, okay. And, and you said one more thing that just unveiled another little puzzle piece that only the men get a planet. So, the problem with, I'm assuming a lot of religions, not just Mormonism, but from my experience with Mormonism, a lot of the problems are people don't explicitly say things, right? Yeah, you have yeah, to yeah. like glean what they're saying to you. Everything and has two, three, four meanings. Exactly. Yeah, yep, yeah. In order to go to the temple, you have to either be, for a woman, you mm. have to either be going on a mission or getting married to a man. Or, the only two times like one of example. my leaders, she had to go through years and years and years and years and years and years of appealing and reappealing and begging and being told no that she can't go through the temple because she's not working hard enough on getting her husband baptized. And then you know what happens when the husband finally gets baptized? Are we, are we happy for them? No, we feel sad that, that both of them were in so much pain and suffering that yeah I'm, he I'm had to baptize and she had life. to do yeah yeah exactly. exactly like i'm i the husband loved her enough to get baptized so that she could do what she needed to do but it's hard because when you're on the outside looking in we it's not our our whole world is the world yeah our whole world is bigger than us we don't yeah. try and contain it all those yeah. of us outside of religion and probably some people in certain religions People inside of the Mormon religion, their whole world is like containable and they're like desperately trying to like keep it. It's like that. Yeah. It's like that art thing with the oil. Yeah. The Where it just keeps, it like squirts out oil and then scoops it back in only to exactly. squirt it back out. Yeah. If you've seen and it, it's a crazy modern art piece. Just Google art squirt scooper robot and it'll come up. <laughs> that's Yeah, it will. Like it will. <laughs> and that's, and that's like what happens. These, these it's not always men or you know like it usually is men actually the women don't have to join the religion for the husband to be able to gain magic powers or but anyway that's what happens the husband sees their wife losing oil trying desperately to get it back and yeah. they say the only thing i can do is marry her so she can go through the funk at fucking temple like and lie to the state president and tell him i don't drink coffee like that's all that's all i can do for her and yeah. it's and like that's so sorry. So to continue on that. No, no, no. no. That that um, that sets up like that. Yeah, that that sets up a lot. But please, please. Yeah, and in order to, and that's something we're always told. It's called three white dresses: mm. your your blessing dress, your baptism dress, and your wedding dress. And those are the three white dresses that you need to wear in order to get into the highest level of the celestial kingdom. Quick, quick on that celestial kingdom terrestrial kingdom telestial kingdom even hitler's gonna be in here because outer darkness is only for people who like oliver cowdery witnessed god and then yeah. denied him so but like you said outer darkness or what was the last part outer darkness yeah outer so dark, like mormons yeah. don't believe in hell they believe in outer darkness some of them don't believe that apostates are going there some of them do believe that apostates are going there i'm an apostate 
Yeah. I've been baptized. I left the church. But so, oh wait, yeah. the other religions use apostate. That was silly of me, but it's okay. Well, no, not 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 many. That's that's pretty specific. And really quick, so the celestial kingdom is quote unquote heaven. Terrestrial kingdom is the earth well, that we're all, on. They're all heaven. Oh, they're and all heaven. Though, and even the celestial kingdom is so much better than this earth that the reason God can't prove to us that there's heaven is because if we saw the celestial kingdom, we'd kill ourselves just to get there. But he wants us to stay here and not kill ourselves because he wants us to work hard and try and get to the top tier of the celestial in kingdom. In the celestial and kingdom. There are three tiers in there and only the top tier is where you can have your own heaven and make your own or your own world and make your. And that's what it. So. So wait, wait, hold on. Hold on. Did, did we just. No, no, no. It's OK. Did you just prove to me that the ML that Mormons and MLM because probably to get to the celestial kingdom, no, you need to bring yeah, more people, right? started on, on <laughs> the mlm did you know that there's a literal area of utah where you can see like multiple mlm buildings from the other one like they're literally <laughs> all owned by mormon people they can look across and see i was just like wait a minute so if you're trying to get here and you can only get here by bringing more people is uh, pyra pyramid uh-oh yes. <laughs> okay and let me crack open a little bit more for you about the bringing more people in Oh, no. Mormons believe in a pre-existence. Okay. Uh, we all existed before all yeah. of this. And there are unlimited spirit children that need to get bodies and need to go to an earth to get back to their heavenly father. The so, aggressively way you say need explains so much about the Mormon views on procreation. Please continue. <laughs> <laughs> Just the way that you looked at me and said need <laughs> to get out. I don't need to wear khaki skirts and blue button-up blouses. What is that about? No one that likes that outside of the fall season. <laughs> Okay. All right. I'm sorry. Continue. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I... Please don't apologize for your deprogramming from a MLM. Your were you born into Mormonism or was it something? That... I was. Yeah. I was a. I was a. I was born into Mormonism because I was uh -huh. adopted into Mormonism. Yeah. Here's another fucking crazy thing. Since I wasn't <laughs> born into the covenant because my parents, sure. I my parents had to go to the celestial room and get sealed to me again because they adopted me and they had to do that when they adopted my brother and then again when they adopted me wow. which is like i was even adopted through lds temple services you'd think that those men would find a way that their blessing makes me born into the you know what i mean like it's fine that's nitpicky the lds i'm just saying if mormonism the mlm of religions can't get their immigration process right what oh, hope sorry, do we I have I was telling you that the part of when something that a lot of Mormons don't realize when they're going into the temple, what they're yeah. pantomiming is that they is that they're going to slit their throats and cut their bowels open if they tell anybody about what's going on in the temple. So, and the reason that Brigham Young and Joseph Smith started that is because the temple was was about sexual rituals and being celestially married to yeah. women as young as 14 years old. And um the you and said people, what they're pantomiming is is there is there a movement you do as you're walk like you have I the I'm not completely one hundred percent sure because I can't yeah. watch videos without getting triggered. No, but like there are plenty of cult like like there are videos of what goes on the temple, but it's so secretive. I'm not sure if like that part isn't it, sure. but it, yeah. It's like, oh man, I'm grateful I never went through the temple. I really don't yeah. want to know all the specifics because my friend TK went through the temple. It was traumatizing for him. He decided yeah. not to go on his mission and then his family ostracized him. But sorry, the MLM thing. 
women are promising that they will have unlimited spirit spirit children for their husbands once they get into the celestial kingdom with them like that's like one of the covenants they're making like when they're going into the temple they and don't even realize that but is that i mean what they're I gonna pop- realize that because i talked to my mom about it she had no idea when she asked my dad he was like yeah <laughs> it would it would benefit the men to just i'm sure that's that not over I'm no, sure that's sure. not how we answered her, but my mom does do that thing where she's like, it's your word against theirs. It's not yeah. my word against theirs. No, it's the sure. it's... against the church, but that's yeah. fine. That's fine. But yeah. And also because there was a talk at church once where they said, and I can't wait to fulfill my duty of having unlimited spiritual children for my husband. And my mom said to my dad, do I have to? And she, everyone turned around and looked at her with like the dirtiest look. And so that's why I told her, I was like, yes, mom, you do have to do that. That's one of the fucking covenants you're making. That's why she said it on the stand. So, I mean, whatever. That's, yeah, we're getting deep into it there. But that's another thing that makes it like the MLM. You're promising these spirits. More, more, yeah, you're promising yeah. more indoctrinates to the religion. Yeah. They're really yeah. trying to stray away from that, though. Like, even like three, I think, I think two or three prophets ago now, Gordon B. Hinckley went on to 60 Minutes and said that they don't teach that. So they have been trying to get away from that for a while now. But that's another thing. The church always taught me that it was unchanging and that that's what made it perfect. So, you know. Have you seen, and, and I know you said um, that you can't watch a lot of this because it's triggering and I absolutely understand. Have people recommended shows to you or other people who have deprogrammed or are going to? I didn't completely deprogram until COVID. And honestly, very unfortunately, my dance classes, my workout classes, everything I did was all with my Mormon friends from the past. So I'm unfortunately very isolated. Um, And I'm a student right now. I'm um, like right now I'm in a teacher's prep course and it's like basically a graduate level course. And like my cousin calls me every day and I can't answer. My friend Todd and I have a weekly call that I'm like, I'm so sorry. Like, yeah I'll see you next week yeah so it's really really hard i am getting a little emotional but um i only had one caffeine today so i'm not like extra emotional <laughs> i did i did good i only <laughs> had the one caffeine today That's, no that wait that that just sounds like you're mixing caffeine types like i, I, I had natural and i had a excedrin and some coffee <laughs> those, i drink, a, I drink a monster and okay, then well, i like take one of those like energy shots with like green tea energy in it <laughs> and that's one that's for most humans no like, no no, 10, no that's okay. two that's two sorry no that's two i've only taken the one and, and it's only like it's only like I'm pretty sure this one's like only like 80 milligrams of caffeine or something. And then the other one's only like a hundred. So I joke a lot about overusing caffeine, but I'm really using way less than the average person. At this point, it, it sometimes feels like that. Yeah. Where I'm just like, and oh. I'm all, sorry, you can hear no, me no, no. screaming with one caffeine. Like I didn't know <laughs> we didn't even need one. Like I was at a all the levels of this whole episode Todd. are going to be so ahead. No, yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah. I told my friend Todd on the third day of a clogging convention, I was like, I was like, I have the energy of a normal person. I might as well be dead. <laughs> <laughs> is this what the rest of the population feels like? This is horrible. Yeah, I, I get why everyone's so- sad. <laughs> I'm like, I have, I'm tired because of my depression, and I know what that feels like. But when yeah. someone gives me something to be excited about, my ADHD kicks in. So. Emily, you're you're what I you're one of the few that I've ever met in my life 
that um, I, I've always identified myself as an aggressive optimist. And I, I feel I, I say aggressive optimist because like I sometimes fight fire with optimism. And mm-hmm. like I should probably okay. use water, but and you're one of the few people that like I, I feel like is the best parts of aggressive optimism where you you are like you said, you're going through school, you're going through a process of deprogramming yourself not only from religion, but from friends and connections. And oh. you're still such a positive and emotionally like I good piece that. of force i like and to call myself a realist yeah but i do but with what you're describing i agree and appreciate where you're coming you're a from. realist who understands that sometimes it's nice to lean into the happy side of life yeah versus yeah. just be sad about it all because it all sucks well yeah and i'm my the teacher prep course i'm in right now is on evolution yeah and to a lot of people it's devastating when they find out about the like finality and scientific of things and like the lack of magic and god um but for me it's so relieving it's so relieving to find out that evolution isn't about making things perfect or the best it's just about what survived in that moment what was what was the best suited for that environment at that moment and and that helps and we're never going to know all the answers and we can't can't know all the answers and yeah in Mormonism, you're told that when you're you die, you'll become omnipotent, or is omnipotent know everything? Yeah, you'll you'll you'll, yeah. you'll know all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you'll. So you're told you'll know all, and that was hard for me to like go up. But now, it helps me. Yeah, I don't have to know everything. No, you don't have to know everything. You don't need the burden of that. Yeah, and yeah. we are evolved. You know, a lot of people say, "I would have thought we would have evolved by now," and it's like we fucking have. It's like, it happens every single day that we are still in existence. Well, and like humans have observed species evolve and then evolve back. So, like, mm-hmm. there's a fish called the stickleback fish that is found in the it's found in oceans and it's found in lakes. Mm-hmm. The sticklebacks found in the ocean have heavily plated body armor and they go slower. Sticklebacks found in lakes go faster and have less armor because that's what's suited for those different environments in lake washington okay sorry sorry there's still more they started in the (laughs) ocean and then moved to lake so they started full armor moved to not full armor they didn't need as much group of sticklebacks in washington lake that have grown back to being full armored because washington state did such a good job of getting rid of the pollution in that lake that the stickleback predators can now see the sticklebacks so the sticklebacks needed more armor because being fast wasn't helpful anymore yeah oh my God, like so and that happened within a couple that. generations that. sorry that happened in a couple generations recently of this fish yeah like that i think that the studies were so I don't remember the time period on that, but there is a group of finches in the Galapagos that are not Darwin's finches. They're separated. They're like isolated. And they're in this area where these scientists were able to observe them since the 70s. And the the scientist's son is still observing them. These birds had a certain type of beak to eat a certain type of food. Then another plant got washed up into this isolated space a section of those birds changed to have a different kind of beak to be able to get that food then that food got killed because of drought and yeah. they re uh, re-evolution readapted no by yeah 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 having the beak go back to how it was before 
what is amazing about this is not only did we observe over a couple generations this happening, if we hadn't been observing the whole time, we wouldn't have even noticed. We it would have happened anyways. We just wouldn't. Time. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Oh, that's okay. I mean, even when you get into the fact that we've explored, what, 20% of the oceans, maybe? Yeah. yeah I know. Maybe. Like, who knows what's right under our feet in different directions. Yeah. I, oh, man. What's nice about that is it, it, I feel like because we as humans exist in such a short finite yet to us incredibly long span of time yeah we exist like, in like the last day of december in the grand scheme of things and yet to us our existence is as long as we are it's long right yeah you know, your experience with existence is your lifetime and exactly. that feels like a long time uh-huh. but in the grand scheme of things it, it's nice so you kind of when you can look between the fabric of it like we do evolve in small ways that we'll never really think about until we can scan out a thousand years and be like you know what these humans actually their corneas were a lot stronger because they stared at small boxes of light two inches from their face versus the eyeballs of a you know someone from the 1200s that would have you know they would have just and then there are some things that are worse that we our bodies at this point are mostly microplastics. And... Yes, but also <laughs> we work against evolution. Sorry, yeah. that you, your point separately from what yeah, I yeah, would yeah. say is definitely yes. true. Um, but there is all like um, for instance, is it is it hemophilia the one that makes you not clot? Yeah, yes, where you just keep bleeding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a long time ago, someone with hemophilia probably would have died before um, sexual maturity. Yeah. Nowadays, no, not true. Same with um, uh, I'm I'm pretty sure the same with Down syndrome. There yeah. was a lot of complications where, like, in the way past, they might not have made it to sexual maturity. So, like, these things are um, these genes remain in our gene pool because we yeah. have been able to. Our um, lives have changed exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, which is a beautiful thing because now you know we have diversity and we're and you know it's it's one of those things we'll never have the answer to we don't it's not better or worse enough that we can measure it so that (laughs) just let's do it like let's have that let's have a variety of people that are different from us because that's awesome there's proof that hominids of the past helped each other even if they weren't like helpful to survival like there are prosthetic feet that are like not only a prosthetic, but they're beautiful. They're good, and, and they're, they're they wanted the person yeah. to live on it their life. Yeah, yeah, they put toes yeah, quality in quality and feel mm-hmm. like a human. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, helping people. Yeah, sorry. I mean, I we kind of jumped around, but the bottom line is <laughs> this whole show is, is jumping around. This whole noodling. show in general, noodling is just jump around. So good, good. I also, mean, people it. might not know humans is for all hominins. Wait, what? All human like. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I had to learn that in my class. I was like, I keep saying human. Am I saying the wrong thing? But no, it was the right thing. Human, human okay. means. Yeah. So yeah, thanks for. I love that the ebb and flow of everything because I I was trying to like take notes and like 
tell myself I was going to stay on topic, but we didn't. (laughs) No, even if you had tried very hard to stay on topic, I would have absolutely derailed it. Uh, Accidentally or on purpose. I would fit in with the dads. (laughs) No, I want to talk about that again. I, you, you gave me a a very good uh, reason why you should be considered. uh, And to be totally honest, I mean, you have my nomination. But uh, to be one of the hot dads, uh, you get your Fortnite skills started. We would love to help you because then if we play together. begging me to play. I'm saying if you play with us, we'll teach you how to play. Plus then everyone we, you know, join up against, they're going to be, you know, noobs like you. So we'll just beat everybody. Yeah. And so then if I'm just like emoting the whole time. The whole time and we'll just fire you. Yeah, that's content, right? No. Okay. So, so Matt is the oatmeal guy, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. So I, I knew you worked on exploding kittens. Mm -hmm. I didn't, I was like, I know they're adjacent. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who owns what. Yeah. I, I, well, I met Matt when I was working in a company called Zappos. We connected, worked together on a project that he has. Uh, He has a marathon called Beat the Blurch, which if you've Mm -hmm. never read the comic, you absolutely should. It describes his, you know, argument fight against running. It's very good. But I worked with him there and then we became friends. But yeah, so then I got a chance to work with him in Exploding Kittens. Okay, yeah, I knew you were Exploding Kittens adjacent. Then we started gaming together when the pandemic hit. So we just played Fortnite. (laughs) Me, Matt, and, uh, you know, Ryan, Derek, Paul, we all just started playing video games every day it's the new golf course of the future so, so are, are all of you are any of you actually dads so the irony well, would work better with me being the sixth one because i'm a one mom. of them is a dad paul's currently oh, okay. a dad he's oh, our okay. only actual dad uh the rest of us all have pets or siblings or that a counts. kid on the way so oh okay yeah that's awesome congratulations to everyone i love that um <laughs> So, okay, so the story is, this guy's so cute. I forgot his name. He's called, like, a blobicorn or something. And he's one uh, of the small, little, chubby, unstable unicorn characters. Yes. Okay, so, okay, let me tell the story Please. in a chronological order that makes sense. I love sense. this so much. <laughs> okay, so there's this shop called We Play Games, There's a, and um, they sell, they, like, resell a lot of stuff, and... Um, so we were there to buy me some Pokemon cards, yep. but I always look in the little surprise boxes and I, what are they called? They're not blind they're, boxes. Yeah. Where it's just what like, you don't know called? what you're going to get. I and keep it's calling them unhinged. What are they unstable. called? Unstable. Okay. <laughs> so I saw the unstable unicorns. I literally was like, oh my God, Caesar. Look, <laughs> look our friend Josh. <laughs> I was like, I was like, you remember Josh? And he was like, no. Because I don't even think he wasn't at the audition and he was not at the house party you were at. He's he wasn't like, at the house. No, he was. Wasn't he there? If he was, he was in his office. Well, the, we met in passing downtown Las Vegas then for sure. Okay, I, so I, I've met him at least once. Remembered. Yeah. But me okay. All right. Cool. A party in the middle of we play games. He was like, I <laughs> yeah. spent a lot of money here. Like, <laughs> so I was like, I was like, look, it, it looks like it must be like a like an expansion of of exploding <laughs> kittens. And he was like all right and we bought one <laughs> <laughs> then i did the research matt did yeah. not make 
he did not. <laughs> That's so, so uh I'm gonna go ahead and just say probably by design. And stable unicorns came out with a box that looked exactly like the exploding kittens. Yeah, I like, didn't want to say anything. I don't and it's sat right next to the EK stuff. So everyone on their own, uh, plus all of the marketing that Unstable Unicorns did that just mirrored the work we were doing at EK. Um, yeah, they benefited off of that greatly. Okay, yeah. So and I you are living proof. <laughs> yeah, they're like, they're like, I'm going to show you this clip of a podcast in the lawsuit. This is my... <laughs> <That's>, she <laughs> thought from the moment she saw i did research i did research i went on to hot dads i figured out who was the oatmeal guy (laughs) i looked up his name underneath unstable unicorns and you're just like like, not (laughs) i was like it was not matt (laughs) you hear Um, that quit ragging on her but no i'm kidding i i have a ton of ek stuff that i can send you uh including some pins and other much better yeah, uh, little guys did that. Awesome. Oh, okay. <laughs> this is what I told Caesar, because Caesar did kind of. He was like, he was like, it seems like exploding kittens cracked the formula, and then yeah. now people are copying. And oh, of course, I have a little bit of a different opinion. Mm-hmm. I think that Cards Against Humanity mm-hmm. cracked the code, but it was too topical. Well, no. So what Cards Against Humanity did was they were the one that made the game like visually shareable. Like yeah, they broke you, open the. You never Instagrammed photos of your game of life or Monopoly, or yeah, they made it yeah. really easy for you to take a photo, and it was a funny moment, no matter if you, you were playing or not. Exactly yeah. What I'm saying. yeah, and then exploding kittens. Too- led the whole with the help of matt and alan they led you know the whole just tabletop games can be fun and they don't all yeah. need to be exactly. 45 minute video you know mm-hmm. so like the nexus they came at the same time they actually you know oh, okay. there's a well, lot I'm of working together no, no no no, no. okay it's the combination of the two a hundred percent that like then kickstarter became the place where everybody went to make a card game which is and the this thing was... that happened with the unicorns they're a kickstarter yeah. or an yep. indigo or something yeah exactly and that was well before I, I you know was already working and hanging out with matt at that point but he had made that well before i ever worked with at exploding kittens so I was incredibly familiar with EK and then their second game that they got crowdfunded bears versus babies. We actually did a live stream at Zappos with a playtest copy where I was just like, Oh yeah, we love that. We played it. We live streamed it. Everything. This is before there was even like meerkat or periscope or anything like that. Yeah. And we live streamed it up. We had multiple camera setups and then just, you know, golden thread opportunity took me to work there for a while. And it was, very interesting to see how much of the industry had changed because of cards and you know exploding kittens and Catan. And it's even. okay for adults to be goofy and have fun, and millennials Ugh. are the adults now. Yeah. When I was younger, I looked at the what was on the shelves, and none of it, it was all GI Joes and boy stuff. And I was like, this is what my dad would have liked. And when I was really young, I was just like, toys are made by old people who are putting on the shelves what they would play with. Mm-hmm. And I was like, eh, not into it. Kids so then, don't even play with toys anymore. Right? <laughs> it got to a point where I was just like around like 25. I was like, fuck yeah. Finally, people who like the same shit I do are being, you know, in the ones in charge and in power and how we can have yeah. incredible shit people that we do today. Yeah. It's... Yeah. I love how... <laughs> 
very diverse we've come and we should talk about the intersection between capitalism and mormonism sometimes soon <laughs> but i as somebody who only is deprogrammed themselves you know a long time ago and has just made his own life choices and and, and i don't really prescribe to anything i, I feel like i have my own spiritual ideas and i've learned i feel like i've learned a, a lot from a lot of different places uh, and then made my own version of what I believe is going to happen after. And Beautiful. I feel like that's what everyone should do. And then you and, don't push it on anyone. Well, the benefit is then you could go, I could be someone who goes to temple or synagogue, or I could go, you know, meditate and learn a little bit of everything. You can get out of it. Yeah. Here, here's where, here's where we split a little bit on the mm -hmm. realism versus optimism. Probably. Yeah. You'll probably totally. agree with me, but it's, it's like, an, it's not going to happen anytime soon. So I understand why your point of view is the one to go with for now. But because all of those things that you're gleaning from religion exist outside of religion, yeah. you really don't need the religion. No, you don't need to physically yeah. go sit under someone else's yeah, roof you don't to figure need this that out. Power structure. You don't no. need the yep. structure of capitalism <laughs> exactly. in order to follow your spirituality. Yeah, exactly. Because like people are like, Oh, but Mormons always seem so nice and like they're family oriented. And are you claiming that there's no one else on this planet that is so nice and very family oriented? Yeah, right. Like, why are you giving into their PR scheme? That's <laughs> well, I don't know if you remember at the beginning of my house party, I held a devotional. It wasn't spiritual, it wasn't about religion, but I talked about how I have social anxiety and that yeah. if one here had social anxiety, it was a safe space to say, Hey, I don't want to participate in this way or yeah. blank or blank. And like for, you know, for some Especially... people who I'm not friends with anymore, it weirded them out. And then for others who have never experienced that before, they were very grateful. So yeah, yeah I, and again, I think we literally were about to play cards against humanity is before you did that. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And, <laughs> yeah. We played cards and, and I know that it is, that was part of my deconstruction though right like sure. yeah one of the things i loved about religion was like i would go to clogging camp at byu yeah and before we went and did our whole day of dancing we'd have a group prayer and a group devotional and that was really fucking sweet like i yeah. loved getting to know each other yep. and i loved starting the day out on a good note like so i've taken that into my own life and that is a little it it sounds hypocritical because i learned it from religion yeah. however if I pass that on to my son, it's not religion anymore. Yeah. If he no, does it's, that, yeah. it's just life and he can yep. continue and it doesn't have to be spiritual based. It can be if he decides to make it. Yeah, totally. My mom said something about him getting baptized someday and he laughed. He straight he goes, up laughed. Because I don't need someone to sprinkle some water on my head. I'm good. Well, normal get dumped. <laughs> so yeah. He, That's, yeah. I, don't need, yeah. I don't need someone to hold me <laughs> under. And listen, they will re-baptize you. They used to tell me stories like one time this this girl she kept getting dunked and she kept putting her foot up every time she'd go under. So they had to rebaptize her like three times because she wasn't fully immersed. And it's like <laughs> that's not a funny story. Like that's a fucking nightmare. That's like, horrifying. <laughs> to someone who is oh boy. We waterboarded her because she couldn't keep her feet under the water. That was hilarious. She got her foot. Oh my. Oh, yeah. that... Sorry about the sound levels. <laughs> <laughs> that's. No, don't ever apologize for the process you're going through, especially deprogramming, because it's it's you're kind of getting to rebuild your belief structure. 
your your what drives you your your personal themes and and your um not a whole lot of people actively take a hand in shaping their own evolution a lot of people are exceptionally well at adapting yeah. in which something comes at them and they can power through and they'll make it to the other side no problem but there are other individuals who i see meet a problem and just come out a different evolved person yeah i it's not even not even like a, it doesn't even need to be an outward physical change but it's something where you're just oh. like oh you have accepted what you've learned the pain the suffering that you got from it and you've become better metacognition yeah yeah Yeah. that's i don't know if you've heard of piaget but um Mm. well well i know the car okay well (laughs) i'm a a car brand i'm a biology major and a secondary um elementary education oh sorry not secondary elementary secondary education so Uh high school but i've taken a lot a lot a lot of um development of the brain classes child mm-hmm. development classes etc and what you're describing is something that piaget um he described four stages of cognitive thinking and um his predecessors have actually built onto that and i think added a fifth one and they're pretty adamant that a lot of adults never make it out of the third area into like analytical and abstract thinking what do you know off the top of your head or should Pull up real quick to Google because now, now I'm curious. Yeah, you can pull it up. I'll pull it up too because, um, because especially since this is my area of expertise, I don't want to be saying the no, wrong okay. thing. I got it right here. The PJ stages of cognitive, there are five now. Yeah. Um, the first is the sensory motor. So around your first two years of development, reflexes, mm-hmm. circular reactions, um, uh, a lot of things go into that first, but it's between, you know, one and two years old, pre-operational, two to seven years old, concrete operational, seven to 11 years old. So at this stage of concrete operational, child understands the principle of conservation. Um, and then formal operationals, 12 to 15 Am I reading mm-hmm. the right ones? Yeah. Yep, you are. And then, and that means, so that means that it's the, I think it's the fifth one that they hypothesize that many adults don't ever make it into. They don't ever make it into abstract thinking. Oh, wow. Yeah. Whichever one it is that's abstract thinking, I can't. Yeah. What's the concrete? Oh, one? yeah. It is formal operational. Yeah. That's a lot of people never make it into that one. Formal operational where it's just being able to that's interesting being able to understand the difference between half empty half full and the theoretical yeah it's just happening yeah that kind of stuff oh interesting yeah that 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 uh, that underlines and explains a lot of some people that i know yeah and obviously like (laughs) i would direct people to go look into that more because i am giving an off the top of my head you know but it is very interesting once you start understanding too like so here's an example of what i'm going to talk about so this is going to sound out of left field but once i keep going on it'll make sense it'll track um when when moms against drunk driving made the ad don't drink and drive versus 
drink responsibly. Once they switched it to drink responsibly, drunk driving actually went down. Mm. And it's the don't think about a pink elephant concept. Yeah. I just said as soon as you say that, you think about it. Exactly. And that's like, that's that. So, oh, that was the doorbell. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Go get the doorbell and then get your interruption. That's good. Caesar's got the doorbell. All right. We're doing our our interruption. What are you going to, are you going to, I'm going to do a dabaroonie doonie. Oh, beautiful. I'll, uh, I'll join in. We'll cough into our microphones together. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, that is, man, I I even, I I heard for the first time, uh, I I guess a a thought that (laughs) I, I have to look up deeper into this because I I love going to a party and then seeing somebody really excited about a theory and then I question about it and they're like, oh, you only read the first page. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'll go back and do my own research. And it was the 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 thought was, do you know that only some people can visualize in their head when they're thinking? Yeah, and only that's... some people have the like the voice in their head. Mm-hmm. And as someone who's like always has voices in my head in the good way, not the weird way and can close my eyes. And like I, every night I go to sleep, I had lucid dreams in which I can okay. control myself. And it's, it's very like when people be like, yeah, I just conk out. And then I wake up and just like, that sounds glorious. <laughs> like I, 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 you know, go to sleep, but I'm in a video game that I get to play for six hours and then I wake up. So I'm just like, I, it sounds almost crazy to me that someone can't visualize in their head. Yeah, see, I, I vividly remember, I, I'm, it's either sixth or seventh grade, I'm sitting in a group of my friends, I'm going to a magnet school, and I'm so depressed that I've fallen behind everyone, and everyone seems like these fucking geniuses. Yeah. My friends are talking about how they can just, like, picture 3D objects in their head and manipulate them to, like, look at them from different sides, and I was just, like, sitting there quietly, like, I literally just, like, feel the words as they come. My thoughts are just thoughts. I wouldn't even call them voices. Like, yeah. And that's, um, that kind of rattled me. Like, I thought I was like broken. No, not at all. I will say, when I do practice visualizing things, like, there's the visualization where you like visualize yourself holding an apple. Yeah. Then you like visualize just the apple. You visualize the apple cut in half. Practicing that a couple of times is like, okay, I do have an inner. Like I can't imagine. I can see it when I exactly back to the growth mindset, right? Like before you write before you write something off, test some different ways to try it, maybe. If it's worth it to you. Because because again, it might not be worth it to you. And also sometimes it might be hard enough for you that you don't want to. Don't. Uh, That's fine. If you you don't need to, yeah. It's as someone who in some ways can't turn it off. It uh, it the other side of not you know is that you get stuck in your head because you're experiencing enough of reality there where you don't act on anything because you've already experienced it in your head you know what i mean everyone in the comments right now like you guys need to go to the doctor (laughs) yeah it's like um (laughs) there is a thing that is where it's like too much daydreaming it like takes up a lot of your day yeah and i didn't even realize i was doing that because my thought thoughts are in pictures yeah i well it's 
I've had, I've learned that I do this where if I need to get a product done, if I need to figure out, uh, I'm in the, pro- pro- I'm in the process of writing Hot Day Radio, the movie, and okay. I can't just wake up, sit down and start typing. Yeah, no. Processes is I wake up and then for an hour I think about what I'm gonna write about. I think about it from every single angle. Everyone talks about it, and then I have an hour's worth of like work in my head done, and then I can sit and then type out everything that I just did. So like that's how I would like come. So if I need to do like a lot of work or if it's something that's not coming to me easily. It looks like me sitting in my desk for two hours, not doing anything, but it's me just like, like spinning every wheel and then finishing in my brain to then yeah. type out the results. I relate, except for I write stuff down. I Well, that's I, where me having notepad and paper everywhere works yep. because <laughs> it balances against like, oh, that's a good thought. I can't forget it. So now I yeah. have to like write it here so that I can work on it later because like I've saved it somewhere in my brain file. Well, and uh, I can put it over here and ping with a star next to it. Yeah, exactly. I can't fucking do that on the computer. Yeah, and like, there's like, on some of these, it's just two or three words. And then it's like, no, that's just the shortcut to the full joke in my head. Oh, yeah. Yours are yours are better than mine. I will give you that. I don't, <laughs> I, you, you heard one of them. All right, here. Tell me when to stop again. You say better, like, there's no, there's no magic. The one off the top of my thing. Stop. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> What was the one off the top of your thing? You gonna go first? It says, a sketch where we're hunting, but with love. So like we whisper into our hands and then use that instead of an arrow. So you like whisper into your hand and then you use it as using love as a weapon. <laughs> you, like, you like construct a, a, the actual arrow out of the words that you poured. Yeah, in yeah. Words. You like you're like you're a very beautiful deer. <laughs> that's like a uh that's like a one piece character it's like one of those like oh yeah the i like that show there's a show uh as, as background noise because every time i look up there's like a different superpower that i've never thought of before and i'm just like <laughs> oh that's incredible how would i react to that that's my a treatment that i've been working on for forever and i i don't know what to do with it because i just have the character in a bunch of situations is a guy whose superpower is only having the powers that no one else has ever thought of and so then once he does it and they've then he gets the power and they thought it then it goes away yeah so as soon as somebody like says it it disappears it's been a lot of fun to write but i don't have like a through line yet i just have this character in a bunch of situations that okay so my stuff is all for a sketch so- show so when you tell me that guy i yeah. hear like a i hear just like a quick in between like, take it episode, yeah right take, like take it that. send it to me i'll punch it up and uh, then yeah use it how you need it oh my god because like okay so okay because that's what happens when you're watching a sketch show right like yeah. there are like the full sketches there are the recurring sketches there are the sketches yeah. that like play like a one-off or an over and over yeah yep and like seeing this superhero be proud of himself solve a problem and then just be like fucking bummed out. But he can't really show it off because as soon as he tries yeah. to, yeah. somebody. Like, oh my god! Can you do that again? And he's like, no, not anymore. Yeah, and exactly. Like, and just that happens in between every sketch. 
sometimes yeah. like yeah sometimes that still has merit without the three yeah. because that's funny on its own and you don't want to ruin it by like sometimes i'm saying if, what if you want to write some stuff with it and then send it to me for punch up i love doing that and i love cool. sending yeah, notes I'm very much trying not to like say all of Pause ideas because <laughs> that would you got to bring him onto the show next time and yeah. we can all pitch at each other yeah. for an hour so the concept that he has is really good um i just haven't talked about whether i'm allowed to share it on podcast hey yet, that just but... means you gotta come back that just means you gotta come back and yeah, talk about he it well he's the one that so that's actually a good segue into what we were talking about on instagram <laughs> <laughs> he's the friend that so i'm poor and um we send each other gifts yeah and um we we're crafty so we like yeah that you get it i don't even have to explain further than that um so he's been having a hard time because his out his creative outlet right now is also Mm -hmm. his job and he's not having like a great like it's hard. Job right now. Yeah. yeah it's hard so, when they're the same thing and then it's double hard when they're the same thing and you're not liking it because yeah. like if it's your job and you're not liking it you go to your fun thing if it's your fun thing and you're not liking it you do something else for a minute but exactly. you can't if it's your job yeah I, i've i've been there yeah. but if it's <laughs> your job and and so like he'll like yeah he goes to something fun i that probably um harbors shame sometimes when you're like sure yeah. Uh, not, not to put that on him, but like me, I'm imagining like if you feel like you have to take a break from your work and you're already being made feel to feel bad. And a lot of people are suffering with doing a better job at home, but their yeah. job wants to go back in. And yep. I, I feel like that kind of structure would make you feel a lot of shame. But anyway, yeah. um, so he's been having a creative block. And one of the problems that a lot of my friends have that I also have, but I love to try and solve is that. They don't want to do something because they're afraid of messing up. Yeah. So like, um, like I gave my friend Alyssa like a collaging journal and like I made a collage in it and I like left my mistakes. Yeah. Uh, to like, and then so with Todd, I created this game and it's very simple and I like left it simple and like kind of with holes in it so yep. it wouldn't be perfect. I like yeah. kind of wanted it to be like Mad Libs. Um. So what we do is we roll and then depend. We roll it. First, you start with the first six, and they're like the characters, yeah, um, and like locations. Kind of building your own story cubes. Exactly. Yeah, and yeah, so, yeah. if when I rolled the genre and put Christian romance, I thought I was going to throw him for a loop. But then I was like, duh, I have to write this too. Like, You're like, oh, really damn it, this is a writing project for both of us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like. It's, it's like when you're playing a game and you try to throw the other person for a loop and then it comes back to bite you, et yeah. cetera. Like, yeah. And um, we ended up writing something called Passion Avalanche. Oh, that's a beautiful. romance. Oh, my God. Can we perform it on the show? Oh, my God. Can, I would love uh, that. We'll have to we'll put it into a script and we'll do that. that please. So Even fun. if it's just a oh scene or two, God. tell me how many people you need and I can bring other voiceover actors in. <laughs> Oh my god! I've always wanted to be a voiceover actor. Done. Are you going to help Perfect. me with that since I yeah. lost my job in COVID? <laughs> yeah, check out my website, eatmortinytrees.com. Okay. And let me know how I can help. Check that oh out, and god. you'll you'll see what I mean for everybody at home as well. But um, yeah, okay. I would 
yeah, script some of that out into a dialogue. If you do it for just three people, then just you, me, and Todd can do it. But if there's like five, I'm I'm sure I can find two other people in yeah. whatever like you know gender voice you need. It's so it was really hard for so we've talked a lot about me deconstructing from Christianity, and a yeah. lot, I feel like a lot of people can tell I'm a little bitter, and um, I'm okay with that. I am, sure. yeah, <laughs> and uh, and I go. And it is something I'm grieving. I'm mourning because like, I very much did love my religion. I yeah. did love my one place to go where I was being paid attention to because I was Molly Mormon. That's kind of why I didn't notice what I was doing was wrong. Cause I was getting a lot of good attention at church of course. because yeah. I wasn't getting enough attention at home. Sure. Getting good attention at church from my church leaders. Cause I knew all the answers. Yeah. So, like, and you were being a little Molly police about it or Mormon police about it. So yeah, exactly. they were in their best yeah. interest so, to keep you going. And there are a lot of women that nurtured me and loved me and helped yeah. me grow into the woman I am today. And I love them very much, but I don't want to be around them too much. Like I, sure. you know, anymore. And so I am mourning those things and I go through a lot of the different levels of grief. So, yeah. So if I do seem bitter, yeah, I go through anger and depression in terms of the church a lot. I am a yeah. little bit bitter. Um, but uh put it in your really writing and then let's act it out and we can be real cathartic about it well but th that's <laughs> what's really interesting is that i was not bitter writing this i went yeah. into it wanting to be i wanted the dude to go on a on a trip to have an affair like i wanted the dude to be a dick like yeah. i wanted it to have I'm i just like i have so many things tired. to pull from <laughs> yeah but we wrote a really nice piece about uh like so to us, it sounds crazy because we see these Christian tropes and we don't agree with them, right? Like we don't agree yeah. with the trope of woman bring ma brings man back to God, they get married, yeah. whatever. Like We don't necessarily agree with that, but Christians do. And so we wrote that trope with care. And that was very cathartic because I, I had that. to, yeah, like walk that line of like, you know what, like I, I like to take things seriously, including yeah. my comedy. And so, yep. you know what, if I, if that's who I am and I want to stay true to that, I'm going to take this seriously. I wrote it. This You're is a teasing story everybody about, at home with this incredible script. I cannot wait <laughs> to read the on this show. Is about a man who's, whose best friend basically like goes on a trip with him and he's like a godly friend. Like that's yeah. what the story is. It's kind of boring, but no, we'll make it good yeah like it's that's amazing that's like kind of what it is right like i lent myself to writing for a genre yeah and like i did it i committed to it yeah. and i think that's important because you know like i love to like um have you ever seen the show the awesomes no 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 so that show got canceled and so but i've been wanting to like practice writing so like i wrote a spec for it because yeah, it was exactly yes you said it's the awesomes yeah it has Seth Meyer in it, I think. And, oh, wait. And, and the, <laughs> it, Jones. Yes, I did see that. Yeah, it had Paul Pell and, yep, they Damn were all me. superheroes. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it was like, yeah, and the, and the, it was like and the, the boys. And the one who represents boys. Superman is Seth Meyer's dad, and he's, like, always trying to live up to him, but his dad obviously sucks. Like Perfect man. <laughs> right? Is it perfect man? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> yeah, it's been so long, but yeah. That's okay, can so we read that spec script too? Because now I need to go I'll, watch these Hulu I'll episodes. I'll have to go dig for it. Yeah, I'll have to go dig for it, but that one's a good one. I, well, okay, I have an actual 
script of something. Everyone hates the script. Let me read to you, read it to you. Everyone hates it, but um, I love it. <laughs> that I can't tell if that sells it more or less. More, 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 more. <laughs> Everybody hates it. I love it. Let me go get it. It was hung up on my wall, but it fell. Oh, wait, no, like legit framed script and all. No, I just wrote it on a pretty piece of paper. But okay, uh, I remember. I don't have to read it. Okay, so first let's start by saying, you know how Family Guy is always doing homages to... Yeah, cutscenes to stuff. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, like, to the Muppets, yeah. Yeah, and like there's one especially, there's one joke that I'm obsessed with. It's Peter... It's when they're all doing a voiceover of an episode and Peter's like, everyone be quiet, everyone be quiet. It's my part. And it like goes to it goes to Peter singing halfway down the stairs. And Lois is like, I don't get it. This isn't a joke. And he's like, shh, listen, because they're doing a voiceover of the episode is like the gimmick. <laughs> and um, and like he's like, he I don't remember like anyway, it's just an homage to Kermit the Frog or and to the Muppets. So and I'm upset. <laughs> and also, you know how they do the Conway Twitty thing? where it's like he's going on forever. It's just like Conway Twitty playing a whole song. And you're like, when is it going to end? And then it goes to commercial and it comes back and he's still playing or whatever. So those two things in mind, th this for me is like my my secret homage to Family Guy. So it's a skit. <laughs> it's a skit where the driver is in the right lane behind someone going really, really, really slow on the freeway. Okay. And we're from the point of the view of the passenger and the passenger says, why don't you go around him? And then the driver says, um, no, we're gonna, we're gonna take an exit. I'll just stay in the right lane. And so they keep going in the right lane. And like the passenger's just like looking <laughs> around thinking like, it's been like five exits. Why are we <laughs> still, still in the right lane? lane? Yeah. And, he, like, and so they look over at the person and we hear them think, what's going on in his head and then it goes into the driver's head and it's just it's not easy being green played <laughs> with kermit the frog just like the entirety of it's not easy being green and then <laughs> it cuts back to inside the car and the passenger's sleeping and it's dark and then they get off yeah and like many many lines many later. many exits later yeah so that's, it's that's amazing. This is, I think I found the family guy moment that you were talking about too. And I'm sharing my audio. Let me know if you can hear this. Oh my okay. God. <laughs> hell am I going to get out of this? Nobody talk for the next minute. I'm about to sing my big song. Oh, go to hell, Peter. <laughs> it's no he use. Just found out that Sarah is his ex. Oh, is there... <laughs> and that he gets paid more than Lois. So she's mad at him. <laughs> Halfway down the stairs is a stair where I sit. There isn't any other stair quite like it. What the hell is this? I'll tell you what it is. An homage to a classic song from The Muppet Show, sung by Kermit's nephew, Robin. I guarantee nobody got that. I know this song. This moment will happen in my show. <laughs> because in my mind there are moments behind the screen but there are moments in my clip show where it goes meta 
Yeah. So like you... that would be the moment where like someone's like, "What is this?" And I'm like, "It's an homage." <laughs> Come on, it's an homage. You should it's know this by now. Guy doing an homage to the Muppets. What the fuck do you think it is? <laughs> You've been in this show for six episodes. How do you not get that this is gonna happen? Exactly. There, I can't remember for the life of me right now. Oh, I can remember. I have one episode where like the sketches you think they're all going to connect and you think it's going to end and then like at the end it doesn't make sense and like one of the actors is like this doesn't make sense and then it's like me and the director share and I'm like I know it doesn't make sense and like that's like the end of the show <laughs> yeah out seeing me like I know it doesn't make I sense. know these or something like <laughs> these were just the last four note cards I had <laughs> I just wanted to laugh today come on yeah. give me a break I wanted to see you guys I wanted to see if you do what I told you to do like something what, a, <laughs> what if the funny premise was just like oh shit you're right we forgot the through line premise it's like the one premise that connects everything together yeah, it's like yeah, we forgot yeah. to shoot that oh, oh well my God, and then cuts so funny. okay so <laughs> we have cast so todd is the only one who doesn't want to be any in anything that like represents ourselves and we have cast him as tilda swinton because <laughs> <laughs> we've cast me as andy samberg if we cast <laughs> but okay. so like we always thought it would be really funny for like my personality and the way like I fix all his jokes to be like throwing that at like Tilda Swinton and her yeah. just like, in her posh voice, just like taking it all the way Todd does. Cause honestly, I make his jokes better. Like I'll take out like one word or like yeah. have him switch a word that like makes it fucking perfect. I, and it's so funny. I, I, the benefit of having a writing partner is incredible. I've my friend, Caitlin, I've shot my ideas at her since college and her yeah. and I sense it back and forth. And it is so helpful to have another human who knows you well enough to be like this. And mm-hmm. like, oh, damn it. That was it. Okay, fine. I'm here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Especially like an intersection. Like, I know I'm only woman. I am also LGBTQ. So I do think I hit like a couple intersections for him. Yeah. And also, it's very interesting how like having a working knowledge of having been in Christianity can like, it's not weird. It's it makes sense that that helps you write better jokes. Like, no, wait, wait. like <laughs> I have to. I, I I haven't often done this. Or actually, I don't think I've ever done this. Where you like list out all of your intersections of just yeah, like yeah. what do you bring to the table? Uh, <laughs> that's a good point. Uh, I have to convince people. Like I yeah, I present with no intersections. So yeah. I I present as one intersection as female. Um. And I identify I, as non-binary, so it sometimes that is like hard to navigate, like especially in the world of like writing yeah. scholarships. Like I feel like the scholarships that are for women, like there are first of all, there aren't any scholarships for non-binary people. Yeah. Like when um and, and that are the scholarships how- for women about being a woman is a part of yeah, the like scholarship. Does that have- yeah? And, and you're I just like, oh, well, that doesn't apply woman, either. <laughs> so I'm yeah. treated like a woman in STEM, right? Yeah. So, you know, and again, this is my privilege, right? Like, I have privilege to have access to any scholarship. Like, yeah. so I definitely understand that. This is just one place where, like, my identity is almost like something that it's like, being a woman in this case benefits me. Yeah. I almost feel like, I'm being shitty doing that, but it's not. Like, like, no, well, I get it. I, what they're asking for in the qualifications, I meet because I've gone through those situations. Like, yeah, 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 that makes sense. Yeah, it's 
very hard place to navigate. <laughs> well, it's it's funny too because like on one hand, I understand the benefits of being a white male who is masculine presenting, who has a heteronormative looking relationship. Whereas in in real life, I'm pan. My fiance is bi, and yeah. she is like. There's so many like little things that like. <laughs> I I have a joke somewhere in the pile where it's just like, man, I decided when I was younger that I wasn't going to dig into the being queer thing because I don't sound gay. And the it, it I have to convince people so much harder than someone who has a more flamboyant voice. Yeah, I'm so I'm just like, fuck it. I'm not going to do that. Yeah. And I'm not going to fake it and do the fake gay voice. So I'm just not going to talk about being queer. And that's why yeah. I decided at like sixth grade and I just stuck with it. And I'm just like, well, did I do disservice to myself or no, nah, I'll just live it. And that's really interesting. Cause from my point of view, you have a lot of very like small things in your personality and like the way you move and like, just kind of move through the world that it's yeah. like your own version of the voice. So I, this, I think that, I think that what you're talking about sounds to me like, when I'm like down on myself because like I wasn't smart enough to get out of the church, but it's like yeah. I'm out of the church. It's like yeah. you felt like you didn't want to explore that, but it does very much seem like you did, just uh, not. Yeah, it was. I never, I never looked queer enough to ever yeah, yeah, lean into like that. So I was like, whatever. So while you yeah. were exploring it in your own subtle way, yeah, you were telling yourself you weren't because you were having imposter syndrome. Oh yeah, that's that. That's my number one. Like, so I, I went. I had this awesome management course that I went through, and they they really identified like there are three people that work in your brain, just like the movie Inside Out. One's a chicken, one's a weather reporter, and one is a um, brat. And they're pretty much exactly what they sound like. A weather reporter just covers up the you know feelings with facts. A chicken is a chicken in situations, and a brat just makes up reasons why not to do. So if you can identify those voices. You can identify what in your head, like where that, what part of you that's coming from. And a big one that I kind of also identified was I have this giant, like, version of me that has a mask of me that's like the imposter. And it's <laughs> like, this is Josh. Like, this is what I would do. And it's like, no, it's not. Like, this is, these thoughts are what an imposter, you know. This yeah. So it's I, based on the rules that I've accumulated and learned of the world, yeah. this is what I would do based on those rules. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so and it's it, nice it's to know that, but then I ignore it all the time. <laughs> you yeah, have to hear the imposter syndrome, and then you have to ignore it. You have I to actively be like, stop masking if it is comfortable and not hurting you, right? Like, right, is yeah, that kind yeah. of a little bit to do with it too. Oh, for sure. I forever. Well, <laughs> the glasses that I wear, the yellow glasses, they actually genuinely help for with blue light. I have massive screens that I have in front of this and I'm just blaring in my eyes. But when I go out, I still wear them because I'm comfortable and that's how people know me. And it feels like a little like mask I get to put on. Yeah, yeah. And it's nice to have those moments where you can like have performative mean something to you, even if it's your own personal shortcut. I mean, yeah, is I mean, <laughs> as someone who's dyed their incredibly long hair two different colors, that I absolutely understand that. You know what else is funny? Okay, I hate really? those neon pink. No, what? I like it. I, I mean, this is a podcast, and no one at home can see it. Still gets my personality across. So <laughs> you're like, you don't have to ask what I am from afar. You can guess exactly. That's yeah. what it does for me. Like, and this is my granny's shirt that I acquired when she passed. Yeah, she left me like three of these. And I have like four Jurassic Park shirts and they're all like extra long. Then I have like two pairs of pants in the same colors and 
three pairs of bike sh shorts in the same color and yeah. like the one the two or three flannels I wear over them and that's like my entire wardrobe I love <laughs> it like, this gets it across perfectly <laughs> yeah yeah I'm this is what cool. I'm comfortable in this is what I like wearing yeah you and don't I have like to colors. ask questions <laughs> just look at me <laughs> The yeah, end. and I vote left, obviously. <laughs> that was someone asked me a long time ago, and I brought it up. I probably brought it up on one of these streams, but someone asked me, like, why do you want to be famous? Or, or if you were to be famous, like, why? And the answer was so people knew uh, everything about me before I got in the room. So I didn't have okay. to tell the story of it, it's that recognition of like everyone knows the story of how I got to be there. So okay. I don't have to tell everyone that. And they understand my perspective when I speak. Because there's a lot of times where, like, I'll speak about being, uh, we'll come back to this one. I'll speak about being queer. Or I'll make yeah. a joke, like, uh, somebody will say, like, fag. And I'll be like, aha, only I can say that. And I'm just like, little things like that where I'm just like, but that also, I mean, I'm not going to say it. But, like, I could. You have to practice for yourself. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. Asking with a joke, right? Is that yeah. kind of where that's going? Yeah, well, I know. I think even... the funny part of that. Sorry. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> it's it's not even that, but it's it's like I finally realized that like it's that imposter syndrome saying like, oh, a, a good boy wouldn't comment on that, where it's just like, mm -hmm. well, no, I, I can yeah. because I am, and yeah. I have all of the experience, and knowledge, and many lifetimes worth of being queer. So it's just like. You know, you do out. look like someone who's had many lifetimes. When you <laughs> when you told me about the um, reality TV show, sorry to get us so off track, but when you told when, me did, about the Sorry for getting us full circle? Are you kidding? That's never <laughs> happened on this show before. <laughs> if said, we wrap it up on a high note like this, this will be incredible. No, I'm kidding. My <laughs> mentor would be so proud of me. We always have to come back around to school at the end of our conversation. Damn, no, we're back to, we're back to reality when show. you told me that it was about something guru i was like you you look <laughs> like mike myers from the love guru where oh boy that body. is i cannot tell you how vibe. much of a respect that it how oh yeah it's, it's a vibe i i, I appreciate I that. A dude but i watched that movie as an adult so i know he's not that great <laughs> <laughs> and i hope that part of his uh acting isn't what made you think of me but the, the guru part yeah, the like, <laughs> I've never seen the love guru. So I just like, just what I've got from the posters of what he's supposed to be, because I know it's racist and not. It's, like, it's very, very bad movie. Yeah, yeah. No, that's not the part I'm talking about. I'm the part, I'm talking about the part where they were trying to make him seem like how the, how people think the dude is. I, I almost want to say at this point, you need to watch it just so you can be like, Oh no, what did oh, no. I do? Like, no, what did I bring up? Because I'm so <laughs> conflicted on how to respond to this right now. Okay, I'll say something better. Do you think sunflower vibes? Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah, I like many players, but like not like taking everything too seriously. You could have said onion like most people do. So I appreciate the sunflower. You, you have your nails painted. Onion is not the correct <laughs> sunflower. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Actually, that would, you know, I need a really bright yellow because I have like this gold muted nail polish and it looks like poop. When I put it on my finger, it looks like poop. And I'm just like, ah, it looks Color like I didn't wipe. <laughs> like I need to take this yellow off. So yeah, maybe I'll do some bright yellow and to go with the black and I'll be a real sunflower. Oh, yeah. Like a sunflower <laughs> seed and a, 
okay I sound like I'm being sarcastic but I'm being thoughtful because when I used to get braces I would plan them out every week like I would get the color yeah yeah like pink all the way across on top and then like dark green and light green on the bottom. Oh, it was pink and black on top and then dark green and light green on the bottom to be like watermelon. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's how I would layer my polos. I would wear two polos with the collars both popped and I'd have a green and a pink one. That's the way to describe our age difference. (laughs) We're both millennials, but you come from the popping of the collar era. (laughs) I do. I come from like... Saved by the Bell was like a little too old for me. It wasn't too old. I was like, oh, that's an old show. But there yeah. were still pieces of it that I took. It's like some of the outfits. The yeah. 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 I have a full house. So I, I, now that I'm thinking about it, I did try to wear a couple of polos at the same time. But I, I'm like sensory issues galore. So I'm like... <laughs> Like one layer. Yeah. Well, okay. What about this? What about the Rocket Power Rugrats era? That's what I like to think in. Like the, you started watching Rugrats and then you stopped watching cartoons. No. Oh. Okay. Well, I apologize. Like Angelica. Well, jokes on her. I am a successful, strong woman that speaks her mind. Hell yeah, you are. And all of Rugrats is streaming on Prime. If you need to go back and make up for lost time. You know what? I will give you this. Obviously, I know what you're talking about. And like, I hated people calling me a fucking shooby. Like, shut the fuck up and let me be comfortable. I have hyperhidrosis, and my shoes will fucking stink if I don't wear socks (laughs) (laughs) that is i absolutely oh boy all right squid i'm just gonna leave it at that (laughs) oh my god well my favorite youtuber did a review of his own musical he did when he was in high school and it's called squid men so now you just said squid and i was like squid man (laughs) (laughs) that's i i still have some vhs's of like my freshman and sophomore plays musicals wonder if I can convert those somehow. I'm on SchoolTube. <laughs> if you look up ECTA, I did the school news <laughs> for like three years. No way. Okay, please send me a link to that if you have we'll it. Have to, yeah, this, we. it's almost like we like put out a nice like itinerary for like different shows we'll have to do. Yeah, like, right. People at home are taking notes. They're like, they've talked about a lot of things. <laughs> We're going like to need to do another episode. Or she just said everything if he says in our phone call. <laughs> yes. Well, what I will say is that I feel like, so this is the perfect spot to wrap this one. And we're going to have many more in which maybe you come back with Todd and you talk about your writing process. I'll bring my writing partner and we can just have a round table on like where ideas come from. Uh, please bring like my ideas come from Emily. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. And mine will be mine come from Caitlin and then she spits them back at me and then we make them better together. Yeah. That so. it really is interesting how that can you almost feel like the change was so obvious but you never would have got to the obvious change if you hadn't had that original thought it's you need somebody that has the same life experiences so they know where you're coming from not say not exactly life experiences but like you need that that shared connection with somebody so they can make a note that's going to help you versus just be like oh their their shirt should be blue and you're just like the same sense of humor yeah yep yeah it's nice to find a muse like that that inspires you to do things and i always suggest like if you can find a muse uh, use it for as much as you can because they don't come often yeah that's why we started whining i was like i better make this game so that i can become inspired (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm just kidding. I'm just oh boy, dad. Uh, yeah, no, okay. Yeah, we'll do more of these, and I think to to take us out. I just found this guy. Having to spend each day the color of the leaves. I wonder if I'm gonna get when DMCA I think it might be this. nicer being red or yellow or gold or something much more colorful like that. That was exactly 30 seconds, so I can't get in trouble and Apple won't take my podcast out. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously our faces are like, you know, our um, commentary. <laughs> yeah, yes. that's exa- We didn't record any screens, just some, no, just some audio. Well, Emily, thank you so much for coming on the show. I, when I was just like, hey, will you just come on the podcast? You're just like, yep. And I was like, oh, is that easy? Oh, oh, hell yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I'll see you Friday. I was talking about my adoption and I was like, I thought that was like a tentative ask. And so then when you were straight up, like, come on the show, I was like, oh, I'm so fucking stupid. He's wanted me on the show this whole time. This whole time. I was like, please. <laughs> that's And that's a note to everyone out there that if I've asked you, it's not just because I'm nice. It's because I think you're cool enough to talk to for more than an hour and then put onto the internet for forever and in, in, infinite. Yeah. I saw all your posts about your wedding and I just want you to know I am not doing this to try and get an invite. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> you read somewhere in the fine print that if you're interviewed, you get an invite. You and uh, small list of people, only cool peeps party yeah. in Vegas. And I yeah. was like, okay, sounds like I probably I'm three of those. But I will <laughs> probably be able to get to the into the party. <laughs> what I'm thinking right now is we're gonna have a little mini ceremony, and then we're gonna have a ton of parties places. Oh, we yeah, have Vegas friends, like L.A., Michigan. Yeah. Billy, that's I'll get yeah. Congratulate. One hundred percent. We're gonna yeah. do a world tour to see everyone. Uh, yeah, you're 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 on the list. Don't worry, you've been on the cool. list. Oh my god! <laughs> All right, we'll see you back very soon with Todd Scripps and more. See you then. <laughs>